It's the Bow Brothers for Two Shots on a Barrel. We can't thank you enough for joining in and listening to our show today. We do want to remind you, go out there and give us a review. Isn't that important, j It's very important for us to grow and to uh, reach a larger audience. So please do it for us. We've got a cool thing out on Facebook. We've got a Facebook group you can join. You, We've had two <laughs> prominent stuff that you put out there. <laughs> I, you know, it's just the way it is. It's fun. It's good times. It's private, so uh, we we don't share anything off that page. It's strictly right there on Two Shots on a Barrel fan page. Yeah, another cool thing we got, we have some fantastic sponsors we'll showcase throughout the show today, and we want to appreciate and uh, show our respect for all of those. And uh, for more information on that, you'll be able to catch the ad or go to our Facebook page and check those out. There you go. All right, it's uh, without further ado, Two Shots on a Barrel podcast. Boys ain't much for working. Two shots on a barrel, they're talking about bourbon, talking about a few other things that they don't know. If you've got a question, no need to ask. They don't have a clue, so raise your glass. Take a sip with the Bold Brothers. Now it's on with the show. From the heart of Central Kentucky, the bourbon capital of the world. It's two shots on a barrel with your host, a couple of hot shots of their own, the Bow Brothers. What's up, Jay Bow? We're making this a uh, pretty consistent practice being in the yes, old yes. two shot studio. Well, you know, we've been healthy. Let's knock on wood. Uh, everything's going well. We're eating our fruits and veggies and uh, <laughs> staying away from salt. <laughs> Kinda. Does does Reese's uh, <laughs> no. Valentine's no. chocolates count as we, we uh, to, fruits and veggies? We need to get those out of the studio, man. That was a mistake. Yeah, listen, I I, I had every intention to withhold from it, but man, <laughs> it, the more I just the more I sat there and the more it was mm-hmm. talking to him, and I was like, I gotta have one. I of think those. that was our dinner for the night, right? Oh, it's 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 mm. gonna be supper. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's for sure. Definitely. Uh, big show we had uh, last week. Denny Potter, Jane Bowie. What a, what a great thing they've got coming to washington county that was a fun show those two uh just a banter they they have back and forth is is really something to behold and it's not anything put on that's their life next time we have to uh put one of us between those two yeah because they were yeah I mean, you could sell tickets though if you yes. did like the the wrestling thing. Oh, they're fun. That would be that would be so good. They're so uh, funny. Make sure you check out that show. It's still out on uh, so whatever your favorite platform is. Uh, check that show out. That was a lot of fun. Uh, we've we've teased this uh, for a couple weeks or so, but uh, our newest sponsor, Good Buddies Brewing Company. They've got their one-year anniversary coming up February 24th. Yes. It's going to be a big-time, big-time fun. they got the ribbon cutting at 11.45. They uh, start the day at noon. All kinds of fun giveaways. A one-year uh, anniversary at Good Buddies right there on Martin Luther King here in Lebanon. I'm sure we'll both be there having a good time. Absolutely. Today's show, i got to tell you, I, I've really been excited about this one. We, we have talked many a time about bringing in today's guest, and uh, I, I have said this many times. I was one of those kids that was a, was a radio DJ wannabe, right. and the guys that I looked up to were guys like Coyote Calhoun, or I would sit next to the speaker and listen to 
Marty Brennan and Joe Nuxaw or Kay Wood or whatever and dreamed of being a radio guy. Another one of those guys. Man, you didn't say my name. That sucks. No, I did not. But one of those guys that I also wanted to be like was our guest today, none other than Bobby Jack Murphy. Uh-huh. Man, it's so good to have you here, brother. You need to set your uh, goals a whole lot higher. There ain't no doubt about that. Hey, growing up in Louisville, Bobby Jack is who I listen to every day because I wanted to be I, I was going to be a DJ somewhere, somehow, and I'd love to do it. I never got to meet him when I was younger, but, you know, as we went on, I had the opportunities to, to be around him as a competitor. And, uh, man, I tell you what, he was everything I wanted him to be when I met him in yeah. person. Because not everybody's who you want them to be when you meet them. And Bobby Jack can tell you this. Bobby Jack was legit A1. And he, to this day, you're top of my list, man. Not only as a DJ, but as a person, you're, you're just you're A-plus in my book. Well, I, I don't know what to say. I'm humbled. Uh, but, but I get where both of you uh, are coming from because that's what I wanted to do. Um, I, it came, um, you all probably know, remember the old WLB? Oh, absolutely. You know, AM daytimer. Yes. Come on at six o'clock in the morning with the national anthem and a couple hours of country and then local news and Dean Martin and uh, back talk. Yeah. Which I think was, uh, a lot of people, you know, Mets got a lot of attention, uh, Milton Metz on WHAS mm-hmm. for a lot of years yes. uh, as that talk show. But I think, and somebody out there will probably know more, I think Back Talk was one of the first ones in the state, though, to do that type of radio, which is very popular now, that talk radio. Wow. So that all kind of ended up here. But uh, my mom, uh, Emerson Lay. I remember. Oh, he used to pick and sing and play. Well, the hamburger songs. hop was that the? Uh, yeah, you are. <laughs> you are right. But um, his wife was a beautician, and uh, they lived at a house just above the old. Uh, why they put a radio station in the bottom of the valley? As you were spending, that didn't help with the uh, uh, the coverage of that. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, my mom. Uh, went out there to have her hair teased one night. Which, that's when women, you know, did that sort of thing. Right. Get your hair teased. Oh, yeah. After your Friday and you'd wrap toilet paper around it so it looked good on Sunday. Jim still does that. <laughs> 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 but she took me out there one evening because they had a couple of boys. And she said, you know, you can play with them. While, and I did. Went out there and we rode bikes. And he's like, let's go down to the radio station. That's where my dad works. And I'm, I didn't, didn't think about, you know, radio or anything else. Probably seven, eight years old, and, you know, we went and got, like, knee-highs and mm-hmm. crackers and some peanuts, and they were going to, like, walk down the creek and ride bikes, and I'm like, I want to sit and watch your daddy. This is pretty cool. <laughs> and, uh, you know, after that, it was just like, that's what I wanted to do and had some opportunities to, uh, you know, Trent Klutz. Uh, you know, he started at um, – at the station, and after church on Sundays, I'd go out there and watch him and Amy Wilbur, and then Carl Harden came along, and God love Carl. Uh, he didn't really want to read news, so if I went out there, he'd let me read news, just so he didn't have <laughs> didn't to do it. <laughs> <laughs> so, and that's how that all kind of came on. I did. I never thought I would have the nerve to do it, but uh, I finally pushed myself one year. It was like, 
do some speech and drama, and which was fun. Met a whole lot of different people in my senior year. But um, finally just, you know, doors started opening up. My first job in uh, Carl, somebody, uh, oh, gosh. Uh, well, it was Carl. They were looking for a DJ in Paris, Kentucky. Mm-hmm. WBGR. And um, I guess they just, like they did back then anyway, calling around. Do you have anybody that, you know, and it's like, well, we got this one boy here, you, you know, you might want to check out. And I was like, okay. And so he sent me up there. I had no idea what I was doing. and uh, But that's a whole other story. I don't want to. So how, how old were you then? Oh, at that time, I was uh, I was senior in high school mm. because I never um, got to work for JT then. There was always other people that had, you know, you were having to wait mm-hmm. in line. So this was an opportunity. And uh, so I was like 17, went up there. Uh, it was interesting that uh, the guy that was doing nights was also his – well, see, I was a senior – his uh, next year was going. His next year in high school was going to be a senior. He was doing nights on the radio station, and he wanted to play football his senior year. Wanted to play so football. He wanted to uh, do that, so they were going to have to replace him. And uh, forgive me, because and I know his name like I know you two, but um, yeah, he calls Kentucky basketball Tom Leach. football. Tom Leach. I Tom Leach. Tom Leach. Wow. Whoo, boy, he was an. An unattractive fellow then. As a young man. Anyway. But, uh, and, you know, like I said, went up there, didn't know what I was doing. You know, they asked for an air check, and I was like, what's that? And, uh, <laughs> and you know, I, I was very green at that time. So they set me down in front of a, um, they handed me some copy and set me down in front of a uh, tape recorder that I didn't even know how to turn on and let me read some stuff. And they came back and it's like, you've been on the air. And it's like, just read news. And so they listened to the tape while they said, go over and watch Tom. And I did. And we sat there and talked a little bit and I could see him through the window listening to the tape. And I was thinking, I'm going to be going back to living <laughs> real fast. And uh, they came back in and they were like, you think you could do what he's doing? And I'm like, I don't know. They said, we'll give it a try. So I sat down and did that for about an hour. And you know, it's funny. When you first get into this business, back then, of course, we were playing records. Mm-hmm. I don't know if we need to explain what records are to <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, two and a half, three minutes seemed like they just, I mean, you couldn't get enough done before the next one. Nervous, it was all get out. And when I came back out, they're like, and I'm like, okay, here we go. And they offered me a job. And it was 25 cents more an hour than what I was making at Burger Queen. Nice. And uh, I was like, all right, I'll take it. And Wow. Yeah. So that started it. So, so you know, I had thought officially you kind of got your, your start with, with JT, but you were just kind of doing some side things, right? You know, JT Whitlock, God love that man. A lot of people, um, yeah, when you think about it, we – got started in radio because of JT's kind of freewheeling of handling radio because a lot of people went out there on the air, you know, um, you know, be there with Trent or, um, like I said, you know, giving Carl a bad time, didn't want to read the news, but you know, he was giving me an opportunity and, um, 
you know, you, you can't find that in radio no. anymore. I, you, I think I've, I've heard it said before. I, I think Gary Burbank, I heard him say it one time. It's like, you got to, you know, when you start out, you got to be somewhere where you can be bad. And, uh, you know, local radio back then, you had those opportunities mm-hmm. that somebody could, you know, show you, no, you don't do this, you don't do that. And um, JT, um, my goodness, the way he ran that radio station, um, you know, Trent and myself and Greg Gribbins and, uh, you know, Amy Wilbur and Ann Wilbur. Mm-hmm. And, of course, you know, he had some great talent out there, Frank Kemp and, um, you know, who I, you know, was just, you know, he lived behind me there on Forest Street down on Hood, and I just thought he was like a hero. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tommy Burrs mm-hmm. and uh, miss him terribly and um, Alvin Wren. Oh, yeah. So they were like, you know. Local radio, and they had some great jocks on the weekends. And at that time, those guys were emulating, like you were talking uh, people that were on Wacky and HAS. You mm-hmm. know, uh, I remember, I think uh, Trent went by TC and Company, and uh, there was just a lot of great jocks. Uh, C. Lee and Company, Charlie Lee, all those guys were, you know, playing those records back in those days. And th- because of Club Cherry and Club 68 and uh, the way things went, you know, people looked at that little radio station mm-hmm. going, they were doing things different because JT just ran a radio station. Mm-hmm. And a whole lot of different things went on there. Yep. And you learned. And, you know, and JT was as long as you play the commercials, I don't think he cared too much about what you did. <laughs> So how long were you in? How long were you in Paris? Oh, uh, that was probably. Uh, it seemed like three years, but it was about three months. <laughs> <laughs> Paris, Kentucky. I've been through there. I, you know, it was the first opportunity, uh, and I hadn't quite grown up yet. Being from Lebanon, so you're a senior in high school at I this was, point. You know, as soon as I got out of high school. Here we went. You yeah. Know, and I moved into uh, Paris, Kentucky. Um, had like a little apartment that, you know, it, it didn't have a kitchen in it. There were two closets. One of them had a shower and you could hang up your clothes. The other one had a sink and a commode. And if you, you could actually sit on the commode and wash your hands. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> that, that was that. So, uh, and it was at that particular time, first time I thought I was in love. You know, little right. girl down around St. Mary's. Yeah. And all of a sudden, I wanted to be back in Lebanon. I wasn't caring about radio anymore. Right. Mm-hmm. And um, so I left. But, of course, back then, technically, you know, you uh, didn't have those opportunities. Nobody knew where you were or what you were doing. So when I left, it made the guy angry. And I remember when I told him I was leaving, he's like, you know, I'll make sure you never get a job in radio. Oh, boy. I was like... <laughs> Okay. You know, and at that time, I didn't really care. But, uh, you know, when I first, you know, with JT, then I went to work at WLBN. Uh, WLSK was on the air by then. And uh, I remember, too, uh, WCKQ, Q104, when I went over there to talk to them, you know, like, you ever been on radio before? Uh-uh. <laughs> <laughs> 
you, know, you just don't write those ba- those first jobs. You just no. don't write them down. It's like, what did you do? No. No, first time for me. You right. sure? Yep. yep. Sure. Uh, you know, honesty wasn't exactly the best policy right. at that particular time. Yeah. That's funny, man. <laughs> Good so, stuff. So, man, um, the, 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 your voice is one of – I mean, you have a voice that is so cool. I mean – have you, when you were a senior in high school, and I know J-Bo, it took him a while for his voice to change. You Still know, having problems He was with going it. through, <laughs> he had a late puberty yeah. type yeah. activity. Oh, yes. But was your voice that freaking cool when you were a senior in high school? Um, some people said I had a nice voice. You know, I, I got to give Trent um, a lot of, I pretended. Uh, you remember um, WQHI High ninety five? I don't know. It was a, a radio station. I was, I was like QMF, and uh, it's how AMZ first started out. Okay, when FMs were first just started, they were just these real real tapes. And wanting to be on the radio, I would ride around listening to the radio. Of course, they weren't talking over intros because they were just real to real tapes that were running. So I played radio in the car, and I. Uh, Imitated Trent for the most part. Uh, Gary Burbank. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you'd see Gary Owens. So I don't know why. Just something that I picked up. But uh, senior in high school, went into speech and drama. Mm-hmm. And probably the best thing that I ever did. Uh, was scared to death. But um, Sister Joseph Mary and I really appreciate that. She knew that's what I wanted to do. And she kind of steered me in that direction. And... Um, did the um, uh, well the speech and drama thing was you know we did the senior play and mm, what was it uh, poetry interpretation <laughs> which I dearly loved I didn't think I would but uh, yeah, I, yeah I used to go in competition and uh, doing uh, God's trombones I forget who wrote that book but it was a collection of black sermons. Written mm. by and just some great sermons, uh, uh, you know, from uh, trying to think of one of them. Uh, in that great day, people, in that great day, got to an arena, like the end of time and mm-hmm. the beginning of time. And I also loved listening to preachers, um, Billy Graham, mm-hmm. I, and, um, you know, other pastors that had those voices. Mm-hmm. And then you would, but. To hear, go back and listen, and that's, you know, I was a weird kid, uh, to listen to those old black preachers, I mean, that was just poetry, the way they'd sing. So, you know, I'd go in and do do that sort of thing. There's another, like, Cynthia Ann um, was another poem that I got to do, and I, and, and Chris, I was always uncoordinated, you know. I was the last one picked in high school <laughs> to come to be sports. So, uh, the first time I won a trophy. Was for speaking. I'm finally like with I was like I was in with the you know one of my other friends. They all had mm-hmm. these trophies for softball and basketball and all that. And all of a sudden, hey, I got a piece of steel now. <laughs> so I and that's uh, I, I appreciate uh, Sister Joseph Marion kind of pushing mm-hmm. me in that direction, and it's what I wanted to do. So I I was just weird. I listened to the radio, and I I listened to the radio when I was growing up because of the people on the radio wasn't necessarily the music. And that's why I guess I love all kinds of music from right. country to rock to 
uh, Dean Martin, because if you rode around with me back in those days, you know, the eight-track tape collection was like uh, <laughs> Best of the Statler Brothers, Chicago, um, Merle Haggard and Barbara Mandrell and Dean Martin. <laughs> and uh, even some, you know, uh, you know, soundtrack to um, Oklahoma and things like, I like that. It. Mm-hmm. So, so I, you know, I liked it. But I was listening. I'd sit out in the old, uh, Daddy had an old car, 53 Bel Air. Didn't run a lot. But it had a great radio in it. When you could go in there and you, you know, mm-hmm. turned it on, and those, uh, you could see the tubes warm up in it. And I would sit out in the radio and listen to W. Ellis in Chicago, John Landecker, and um, uh, the Trucking Bozo at WLW in Cincinnati. Um, you know, the, the trucker shows that were in uh, out of Dallas and uh, places like that. And I, you know. WSM, you know, hearing uh, Ralph Emery. Mm-hmm. And I really just kind of imitated them and mm-hmm. uh, didn't listen to myself a whole lot. So I don't know really where it came from. My wife used to say I had two, and my kids will tell you, I got like two different voices, one for the radio and then one for them just sitting around watching television. <laughs> and the Marion County would come out in yeah. the end real yeah. quickly. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that either. You mentioned, uh, you mentioned one of those guys that, that you would – you would try to emulate was was Trent. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's done well. Oh gosh, yes, did I you, am so proud of him. Did you did you did you know that? Did you see that? Did you see uh, a, a, when you were a senior in high school or whatever? Did you see something special in Trent Klutz? Oh well, like I said, when he started, he was like twelve years old when he went on WLBN. Wow, twelve know. years old, and I mean, he had a set of pipes then. And I was scared to be on the radio. I think Trent just wanted somebody to hang out with him because he was, you know, 12, 13 years old. So when uh, his his daddy would drive us out to the radio station after we left church on Sunday. So I would just sit there and watch him. Mm-hmm. And then he went to, um, I guess, the first big radio job he had was WVOK okay. in uh, Lexington. And, you know. Then everybody was talking about his voice, mm-hmm. and I mean, he did. Here was a you know seventeen, eighteen year old kid that you know sounded like he was forty, and you know he's just got a special talent. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can't. That's just something that comes, it, right? It, you know, it, he didn't work on that. I did. Um, he, um, you know, I I went to I took the job in Paris. The time that I was there, Trent and I used to have a good time. We, there used to be a Jerry's out on Nicholasville Road. It was open 24 hours a day. Mm-hmm. First off, we were impressed that there was anything <laughs> open 24 right. hours a day that you could go yeah. to because we'd never been in a city like that. And uh, I'd get off the air at Paris, and he'd get off the air be okay. And we'd go and sit out there because we didn't have anything else to do, and we didn't know anybody. We'd go out there and eat J-Boys and uh, Champ Sandwiches mm-hmm. and just talk about how much we really missed home. And... Um, so he left and went to HAS, uh, which was a you know the place that everybody wanted to be if you grew up around here because that's where the you know your Wayne Perkies and your mm-hmm. Milton Mets and um, Gary Burbank had been there and Jerry David Malloy. I mean it, heroes. I mean, I, and I loved Wacky and KLO as well. But I, again, I was listening for the jocks. So when Trent went to work there, it was great and. Um, I worked at uh, Q104 for almost a year and uh, decided, 
you know, I, I think JT got me a weekend job at WVOK in Lexington. And really thought, you know, when Trent was working there, it was the old Phoenix Hotel, which is scary. Or was. <laughs> they tore it down. But then they went into the, what is it, Caden? Not Caden Towers. It's a central bank thing. But at one time, that was like the tallest building. And, uh, you know, I remember VOK. It was like, you know, coming you high atop whatever towers that they called it. And it was on the third floor. But, uh, <laughs> but again, radio is uh, imagination. So I worked there and um, did a few weekends. And there was a suggestion by um, my program director in Campbellsville, since you know Trent Klutz and the Bill Cody, and he's got all these connections in Louisville, you take your air checks down and have people like Jerry David Malloy and Mike McVeigh from Wacky, Malibu Mike, who looked like, to me, I thought, he looked like uh, Tony Orlando back in those oh, days. Yeah. And, you know, so Trent set me up to go in here and just sit down with these guys. And, you know, they would listen to the air check and they would critique me and then I'd come back and be better, which was a great opportunity. And uh, and that's why I guess I went to uh, VOK because um, I got to meet Bill Bailey and I had uh, met Mike McVeigh. And we listened to the tape, and he's like, no, oh, that's, that's pretty good. He goes, hey, how much time do you have? And I was like, all the time in the world. You know, I've got to be over here at a certain time. He said, let me take you to lunch. And he said, you go in and meet Mr. Bailey while I'm, you know, fishing up. And I was like, okay. So I went in. I mean, I was, you know, I didn't know what to say to Bill Bailey. I grew up listening to this mm-hmm. guy. And uh, we talked for a few minutes, and. I, I remember being extremely impressed and always thought, I, I know I'll make it if I can ever get me a gold American Express card <laughs> because that's what Mike McVeigh paid for lunch. And I thought, that's, that's cool. what I want. Yeah. But he offered me John's on weekend. And I was like, what? You know, do you want to come here on me? And I'm like, yeah. I, I mean, I was excited. So excited that when I went over to meet with Jerry David Malloy, that he offered me a job too, but I was too stupid. Too stupid to realize that he had. Because all I had on my mind was, like, I'm going to do weekends on Wacky. And I went back to Campbellsville and told him that. And uh, they said no. <laughs> and I'm like, huh? And um, so that's when I was like, okay, if I'm going to do, I'm going to have to do other things. And so, again, went to VLK. They hired me. Oh, I think I worked there one week. And uh, Jerry David Malloy actually tracked me down. Um, he's like, do you want the job or not? And I'm like, <laughs> what job? He goes, well, I, you know, I sent you to get, uh, like, a physical or whatever. He goes, uh, you know, do weekends in, in production and fill in. And I'm like, really? I was like, yeah. I mean, you know, <laughs> so yeah. I worked at VLK for one week. And gave my two-week notice, so it was a full three weeks. <laughs> and uh, Ralph Hackard, I never did forgive me of that. But uh, <laughs> and, and, but I said, HAS was uh, such a learning experience. You know, Trent was there. So, again, he, uh, he had so much to do with my career. But um, I think, I hate to say this, that I, I made mention when Jerry David Malloy passed. And I think that caused some friction between uh, me and – uh, Coyote, 
was that, uh, you know, as I, after Jerry David passed, you know, you kind of look and kind of figure out how you got where you were. Sure. And I made a statement in an interview when they were talking about Jerry David. I said, you know, there wouldn't have been a Bobby Jack Murphy had it not been for Jerry David Malloy. And, and I meant that as a compliment. It wasn't taking away from anybody right. else, but because uh, I did, uh, Jerry David said it one time. Um, Jerry David got, talked me into back when Southeast Christian Church was doing the Easter pageant. Mm-hmm. He had me come in. It was a great idea. Describe the pageant on shortwave radio to or it was was inside the building to people who um, were blind, oh, so wow. that if they went to the pageant, they wouldn't have to be asking the people beside them what right. was going on. So, you know, I set up in the balcony and described to the people what they were hearing. But I remember Jerry David when uh, I did that for two or three years. But I remember Jerry David one day sitting. He goes, "Yeah," I said I know we forget it. He said, "Here it was." He said. He said, he called, he called, he said, of course, Cody tells me, he said, you know, I want you to talk to this boy come down. He wants to go over a tape. And he said, when's he coming down? When's it going to be on a Friday? Friday. What time's it going to be here? About five o'clock. And Jerry David was like, why did I say yes? <laughs> why did I talk to him? And he said, you know, I look up and uh, they say he's out front. And he said, here comes this, you know, corn fed country boy walking down the hall. <laughs> and he's like, I waited around for this, and uh, but again, he listened to the tape and liked it, and there we go. And the reason I said that when it, if I'd have went to Coyote at that time, he would, you know, he probably. I mean, he didn't know me from anybody. Yeah. But working at HAS, we were working, you know, both stations when Carl Shannon would go on vacation or Coyote would go on vacation. You know, he gave me that opportunity. I'm running U of L basketball games and mm-hmm. football games. So that when the opportunity came up when AMZ went live, you know, Coyote was like, hey, I want you to do this. So, and I'm like, yeah, that sounds fine. So I had to learn a lot about country music real yeah. fast. I'd always been a fan, but I remember playing uh, You're the Reason God Made Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. And I said, that's Shelly West and David Frizzle. <laughs> Frizzle. <laughs> and, uh, hotline rings. Uh-oh. And, uh, yeah, the, I, I, I. and it's like, don't you know who Lefty Frizzle is? No. <laughs> so, but, but I learned real quick. And now just I, I am a huge fan of classic country. So, Wow. Same here. Every time uh, Jim was on the radio on Sunday mornings, I request uh, Statler Brothers every time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, every time we have a lot of Statler brothers, Oak Ridge boys fans out oh, there, yeah, on, especially Sunday morning uh, mornings. And there's nothing better than those old gospel favorites when it's by the Statler brothers. Love and, them all, man, and, and the Oak Ridge boys. All right, we're gonna take a break. We're gonna come back with Bobby Jack Murphy right here on Two Shots on a Barrel. Stick around. So, Jabo, I found out the um, the older you get, the more kids, as your kids grow older, you suddenly have a damn fleet 
of vehicles. <laughs> and and to both of us, man, we can tell you all about it. Uh, we both have brand new 16-year-olds hitting the road. So uh, let me tell you how often we're visiting big old tires these days. And it's important when you got your 16-year-old out on the road, you have good tires. Oh, absolutely. And the place to go, we know, is big old tires of Lebanon and Barstow. That's right. Billy Taft has been doing this a long, long time. If you want advice on getting the perfect tire for the perfect vehicle, go to Billy Taft first at Big Old Tire. And not only can they supply you with some great tires, they also can do oil changes, Mm -hmm. brake work, you name it. And here's the cool thing that really impressed me when I visited Billy Taft and Big Old Tires the last time. That dude is customer service extraordinary. Absolutely. He's been like that uh, as long as I've known him. I've known him a long time. He's a great guy just like off the court than he is on the court. He's just A-plus, and I, I love that dude. He's, he's really, really genuine, and he knows his tires. And if you're having problems, let's say let's say this weather is crazy, okay? It's raining a bunch. Go in there and let him put new windshield wipers on your car besides going and trying to do it yourself. I'm, I'm speaking by experience here, Jimmy. It's, yeah, it's, no. it's a terrible, terrible thing to do, putting wipers no. on yourself. Uh-uh. No. Big believer in big old tires of Lebanon and Barstown right here in the heart of bourbon country. If you're in for the bourbon trail, your card kind of messes up on you, go see our friend Billy Tapp. Pit stop. It's all it is. Pit stop. You're in and out and uh, off to the uh, next distillery. There you go. Big old tires of Lebanon and Bardstown, a proud sponsor of Two Shots on a Barrel. All right, so one thing we've learned on Two Shots is it's important to know where to go when you need a good attorney to Yes, sir. It's very important nowadays. We've had to get one of our own here lately, and uh, we got the best in the business. We absolutely do, and we found out one morning when you go visit Don McCauley, you better enjoy bourbon and stick around for a while. Because not only is she very good and an expert attorney, she also knows her bourbon. She does know her bourbon, and she knows where to get it, and she will not tell me where the secret stash is located. But that's okay. But she'll bring out many of the unicorns that she has in her house, and and we enjoyed uh, spending time with her. But on a serious note, we know that uh, folks listening out there need to have good legal representation. Don McCauley. Don McCauley, you are right. 144 West Main Street in Lebanon, Kentucky. Her phone number is 270-692-0684. If it's legal anything, she will take care of it. She will be there for you, and she will be the voice that you need to get through this situation. We're talking real estate law. We're talking business law. We're talking anything criminal related, yes. uh, divorce, you name it, bankruptcy, any of those things, Don McCauley can take care of you. If, if, if you're nervous and you just don't know which way to go, if you need that voice, call Don McCauley. Once again, 270-692-0684. Yeah, good stuff right here in Bourbon Country, Don McCauley. Law Office of Don McCauley. Thanks. Marion County Trail could be the best value in bourbon-themed travel in Kentucky. You'll experience one of the Kentucky Bourbon Trail's crown jewels, one of the Bourbon Trail Craft Tour's top-rated stops, and something you can't find anywhere else. Organized tours of a bourbon barrel manufacturing facility, all in one place. It's the Marion County Trail. Take your time to tour, dine, shop, and stay all along the way. Explore world-famous Maker's Mark, a hot-ticket item on the Kentucky Bourbon Trail. Limestone Branch Distillery, home of world-famous Yellowstone Bourbon and one of the top-rated stops on the Kentucky Bourbon Trail Craft Tour. 
Kentucky Cooperage, the sprawling plant where the thriving bourbon industry's barrels are hand-built and seared with fire for bourbon aging flavor. And Lebanon, home of wonderful dining opportunities from home-cooked to chef-driven. Unique shopping opportunities, nowhere else to be found murals for your selfies, and overnight accommodations that range from traditional to bed and breakfast to bourbon-themed. Go to visitlebanonky.com for more details. Lebanon Tourist and Convention Commission, 270-692-0021. Hanging out with old Bobby Jack Murphy. Oh, it's a pleasure. Pleasure. Man, this is this is like you, you don't understand. When I was a kid, I mean this this is one of this is one of those guys that that I wanted to be. <laughs> this and, is- and, and 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 so here he is sitting in the studio and he's talking. So I'm I'm a, I'm a kid in a candy store. Well, look, I've waited many many years to say this to Bobby Jack. Is I'm sorry for when we were competitors in Louisville, mm-hmm. uh, ninety. 394 uh, mm-hmm. time. Uh, we were a pain in the butt. I know we were a pain in the butt. We were a bunch of young kids trying to figure our way. I was on the Bandy and Bailey show. I remember that. I yeah. was breakfast boy. We had Beth Bradley as our news girl. Um, we would always find each other out and about because uh, one thing that I love to do was to be with the people, and I know you were the same way. Yep. You love the people. And uh, we wanted to be number one. Just like you wanted to be number one. Mm-hmm. And uh, we did everything we could to get under Coyote skin, of course, <laughs> to uh, any time we could. But there was one guy that was always there wherever we went. He was always kind to us, no matter what we did. And I'm going to rewind, and I'm going to see if you remember this, okay? Uh-oh. But you were always kind, no matter how dumb I was. I was 18, <laughs> Okay. Reba McIntyre coming to town, to Louisville, to, to Freedom Hall. Uh-huh. Oh. Well, this was when Reba was Reba. I mean, 94, man, she was the hottest thing, hottest ticket, okay? So we find out Bobby Jack Murphy's going to be giving out donuts that morning to everybody in line. And he sure enough was. <laughs> what can we do that's better than Bobby Jack Murphy giving out donuts to everybody? And they're like, breakfast boy? Won't we dress you up like Reba, and, we, and we'll come in a we'll come in a limousine, and then we'll get everybody revved up. We'll park right as close as we can to Bobby Jack's car. We'll have Secret Service open the door for you. You jump out full dressed, red haired to heavens, full makeup, and you get out and you go greet everybody. You want, would you do that? I said, well, heck yeah, I would. So. Uh, here comes the day they're doing my makeup and Beth Bradley's doing my makeup in the limousine. <laughs> as it. we pulled up behind the WAMZ truck where he's giving out donuts, <laughs> the crowd goes crazy. Everybody's screaming and yelling. My Secret Service opens the door. Here comes Reba or the wannabe Reba, and I run up and and we just it went crazy. But you know what? Bobby Jack was right there. And he laughed the whole time. Do you remember this? I do remember it now, yeah. Because uh, Reba, I, I, gosh, I was so proud of her the other night. Uh, oh, she was awesome. I mean, she was. Just, I, and I, I liked it. It called her an icon. I thought, good. Good. Because like one of those stories, um, you know, Reba was one of those that Coyote and I uh, would talk about. 
he wasn't the big the believer in Reba that I was at the beginning. I'm because I forgot some girl on RCA. He thought that this is. I was like, no, it's going to be Reba Mac because she is my favorite female artist mm-hmm. uh, of all time, and um, pr- probably because I met her early on and um, back when you know she was just starting out. Uh, she introduced me to her. I, I, they did something at Druthers one year, and uh, Danny Miracle actually found one of these and gave it to me. Uh, they only did it one year at the State Fair. They had this uh, 10 country artist. It was like a concert all day long, and there was Reba and Gary Morris. and uh, But Reba brought along Pate McIntyre. Her son, you know, and she introduced me to him. Of course, Reba was young then, and uh, there was just a lot – I mean, you probably went up and asked Reba. Uh, I have not been able to figure your picture, but I had that store, Bobby Jacks. Mm-hmm. She actually took a picture of herself in a green Bobby Jacks T-shirt and sent it to me. I have not been able to find that. Picture. Oh, you mm. got to find it. But um, Reba was one of those moments that made something special. Uh, I saw her quite often. But Reba was playing a couple of shows at Louisville Gardens. And Reba had just had Shelby. So that tell you how long ago this right. was. And um, I was emceeing the show. My wife, Debbie, was pregnant with our daughter, Jessie. Debbie didn't want to go to the show because she was pregnant, going to be delivering any day now. And, you know, she, she, no, she'd have to be going to the bathroom and all yeah. these things are going on. So she didn't go. So I took a picture of... Uh, Reba and Shelby that that I found in a magazine. And I had, you know, I asked Reba when I took the people back to meet them, I asked her to sign it. And, you know, and she said, you know, to Debbie and Jesse, because we knew Jesse was going to be Jesse, where she was a boy or girl, and mm-hmm. I named after her grandfather. And, uh, you know, she signed it, and that was all cool. And uh, at that time, she was married to Narvel. And... The first time that I went to the Country Music Radio Seminar, I don't know if you've ever had a chance yes, to Yes, I have. It's oh, great. They are incredible. But it was the first year that that happened. So Reba was in concert in like February, and uh, I think it was the end of February, 1st of March. It was like within a couple-week period of time, which would have been the only reason that I would have stood out. But, you know, I went to this, uh, and that's happened to me a lot. Uh, I went to this Country Radio Seminar for the first time, and, you know, I'm just no country boy. I'd never seen anything like this before. And there was this big room where you know, that first night, you know, where there were stars mingling around and you could get like little finger foods yep. and all this other stuff. And I'm standing at uh, this place trying to get some food and something to drink. And Narvel Blackstock comes over and he goes, hey, how you doing? And I'm like, mm, cool. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> oh, I'm doing fine. He said, uh, he said, did we get, he said, did, was there a review on Reba's concert? And I said, uh, yes, sir. I said, there was. He said, was it good? And I said, yeah. He said, could you get me a copy of that? And I was like, well, yeah, Courier Journal then was, you know, at the back door. And, uh, yeah, I'll take care of that or whatever. And I said, what were you worried? He said, well, he said, Reba was sick that night. He said, she went off, he said, those times that she went off stage, she was throwing up. Oh, wow. And then coming back out on stage and going. And uh, so it, it was a memorable show for her mm-hmm. uh, because of that. But I said, I said no, nobody knew anything about mm-hmm. it, but you know, yes, sir, I'll for sure get you a copy. He said, have you seen Reba yet? And I was like, 
know, sort of, I mean, I saw her over there and there were cameras yeah. on her and all this other stuff and people trying to get her attention. He said, well, let's go over and talk to her. I was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, I am scared to death. And, you know, because, I mean, I'm surrounded by people like Joe Ladd and, uh, you know, just big names in Moby and right. all these people in radio that were, you know, huge and, uh, you know, kind of walk up and she, Reba just stops. She was like, doing, she goes, Did you ever have that baby? <laughs> and I said, uh, Yes, ma'am, I did. She said, You got any pictures? And I said, Well, as a matter of fact, I do. <laughs> and I just like say that, and, you know, and people were like looking like, Who in the world is he? And, and, and that was a moment that, uh, you know, I, I'll always remember. I mean, I, you know, with the starstruck, and then, of course, she had uh, Blake Shelton and all of that, but. That that was one of those moments that just kind of stood out, and um, you know I, I I think I got welcomed into the crowd a little bit better after that, thanks to Reba McIntyre. She's the best. Oh, uh, no doubt. The last CRS I went to, uh, Chubby Checker was there, mm-hmm. and last person I was waiting to see at a country radio or radio seminars chubby checker but he came out with a country album and i got to sit and hang out with chubby checker my life was complete chubby checker has a country music album he did did not know that and it's been a while back you might have to dig it up but i yeah. may have to you I, had to dig i wouldn't dig too hard <laughs> yeah i wouldn't say it's almost good. like that jessica simpson oh yes yes that <laughs> yeah, country that's, album. That's, yeah. yeah that's I, true i remember uh lon helton you know yes. and that's somebody else that i admired and you know <laughs> and it's like cool he knows who i am but um lon hilton one night we were listening um it was a it was during the crs and we were at a listening party and they were playing jessica simpson's country album Ugh. and she's sitting there you know like, lon's like what do you think <laughs> i'm like well i don't know he said you know he said he said it's strange though uh, he said at that time, Darius Rucker was coming. He said, you know, Darius Rucker's doing more country more country songs than these country artists are these days. And, uh, and I was like, yeah, you know, you're right, you know. I, just just the, the things that we, like you said, that we have got to do because of this That's business. so cool. It is. I mean, you just come and pinch yourself sometimes. I'm like, I'm really getting to do this. Huh? It's, it's pretty neat. Uh, I remember when... Uh you know, our competition came to an end, and your company bought our company. <laughs> so there was no more competition anymore. They told us to meet at your company at 8 o'clock in the morning, and we'll discuss how things are going to go. And I'm like, great. We just was total jerks for last year, and now we get to go there, and they're in control of our destiny. Uh, so... Bobby Jack has no idea about any of this, but they brought us in and they said, you're doing mornings, you're doing afternoons, you're doing nights. They split the whole morning show up throughout the whole day. Mm. So they all turned around and said, peace, we're out. And then they moved to Ohio. So that's how, that's about as far as we went there with the the Hawk. Remember the Hawk 1077? Oh, yeah. And like you said, that that was fun. Uh, Don't me, that was, that was fun in radio. Yes. When we were battling like that, you'd want to get there early. And it, it, you probably, but 
you know, we'd have like the van full of T-shirts. Yeah. But we weren't going to give them away unless they started giving them away. <laughs> and I think it was probably vice versa because these T-shirts cost a lot of money. They it's like, sure you did. see what they do and you see what we do. And, and, and that was. That it was, was fun. fun. It, so uh, fun. It made us all better. Yes. I mean, competition did. And uh, but, you, but we were all friends off the air because that was one of the coolest things that I think we uh, got to do was, uh, I mean, it was always cold. But backside of Churchill Downs, so oh, yes. going up to Derby. I told Jim a story about that. With uh, you saw, you probably don't remember this, but four of us were walking the backside of Churchill Downs on a cold morning. Mm-hmm. We didn't have a special radio car at that time, but you did, and you rolled past us, and you was like, "Hey guys, you want to ride?" And you, <laughs> you, did. yes, you get. You probably would. Coyote probably would have wrung your neck if he knew that, <laughs> that, he, that we there got was in. a few times he wanted to do that. Anyway. <laughs> you saved us, though. I mean, it was like you said, it's cold on the backside some morning. So uh, it, it was cold and rainy. You know, when, when 50 degrees is not cold unless you've been in it for about five or six hours. Mm-hmm. It's been damp or whatever. Mm-hmm. They're wild. But we started, it was one of those cold mornings, and you were probably there for some of them. Uh, we started grilling out hot dogs. We had a hot dog day out there. And uh, I, I will take credit for that um, because <laughs> all the other radio stations in town, and rightfully so, were we were put in what was like Radio Row, these tents out there. And Wayne Perky, WHS, mm-hmm. they carried it all. They they had the room on the inside. Nice one. And, yeah, so we were all sitting out there. Well, I remember it was cold, and Charlie Strickland, one of the best radio engineers ever, not only when you went out somewhere did he have a plan B, but there was a plan C. You were always going to be on the air with Charlie. And he brought out one time to keep us warm one of these propane tanks. And on the top of the propane tank um, was like a heater that had like a grill on it. And it, you know, kept us warm. So I'm sitting there looking at it and I'm thinking, you know what? We could grill hot dogs. <laughs> so, uh, so the next thing we did. I mean, we did that for years and got the other radio stations in town and everything else. You know, we got to a point where, you know, I'd bring a hot dogs because I think uh, I was making money off bar S at the time as a spokesman. So I had to bar S hot dogs and somebody else would bring buns, you know, and us poor people who weren't in the HAS thing. Right. And we had hot dogs. Hot dogs. And <laughs> we grilled them out. And we, that was like, a, you know, as soon as you get out there, which day we're going to grill out hot dogs. And uh, that was a way, I can't think of her name right now, that she did mornings on Q Country. And she's a friend of mine now, and I can't remember her name. Uh, pretty young lady. She, uh, gosh, uh, Chris Daniels. Okay. And I remember nobody was talking to her. You know, she was in that tent, like, all by herself. And I think it was the first year she'd been out there. <laughs> it was probably weird, but she, I remember her saying, she goes, you know, she goes, it's kind of odd. She said, you came up to me and said, you want a hot dog? <laughs> I was like, she goes, and that hot dog was so good. But, uh, yeah, hey, that first cool. year, you don't know what you're doing. You Sometimes you have to go get those people to come talk to you. Oh, yeah, it's rough. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. so I, I feel her pain. Uh, yeah. <laughs> there was people that, that did not want to come speak to us. We're brand new. They would prefer to go to you or somebody that they've seen before. So we really had to fight that first year. So I feel her pain mm-hmm. uh, big time. I'm going to throw a couple names at you. Okay. All right? And you tell me what you think or remember or how you feel about these He's going to take a drink of water. Take a drink of water before this one, Bobby Jack. Now, look, I don't don't know your history with some of these people, but I had a history with some, so I'm I'm sure you've 
First one is. <laughs> I'm scared. I'm going to start off with the easy one. Okay. Gator glass. Gator. Good boy. Very uh, good. Gator. <laughs> I, best story I can tell on gator glass, because I, I hired uh, Gator to uh, work for me when I was in Lisbontown. I, um, I, a guy, a record rep, um, was was talking. I said, um, about, you know, I said, I, I need to find somebody to do afternoons. And uh, he said, well, what, what about Gator? And I said, well, I, I, he's in Frankfurt. I think he's happy. He said, I don't think so. But Gator and I, best thing I can tell on Gator, when we were out on Bishop Lane, mm-hmm. at one time we had two security guards that worked that back door. And they could never figure out. Gator was doing overnights, and I was doing mornings. And uh, because we're big boys, they could never figure out which one it was. <laughs> and, you know, and I'd walk out the back day, see you later, Gator. And I'm like, yes, sir. <laughs> you know, and he'd do the same thing. But, yeah, Gator's a good boy. And uh, we don't stay in touch like we did. But, you know, occasionally, you know, it's happy birthdays and right. Christmas. But I'm glad to I see he's back Gator. in radio again. Yes, he sure is. He's back in. All right. Next one, Sonny Stevens. Sonny Stevens. Gosh, I love her. She's a radio. Uh, I actually do some work for Sonny. And, uh, she, you know, I'm proud of her. She owns a, a country radio station, WOCC. Very cool. Capital country at 102. Uh, and, but um, she has me doing middays up there. Really? Yeah. So oh, Fantastic. Yeah, Didn't so, know that. Yep. Sunny is, uh, was always a friend. She did nights. Uh, biggest thing I can tell you on Sunny, she, I, try, I scared her terribly one night. And, but she did me. Um, in the old AMZ studio. When things started changing, you to the right of you, you had uh, six cart decks, and everything was on cart, the music and everything else. Well, Sonny was known for spending mo- most of her time on the telephone when she was on the air, because Sonny liked to talk. And there was a space in between. I think they were going to put in CD players at some point. It was that period of time where they were about to make the turn. But about the side, there was a space in that rack uh, that I could fit my head into. And that the AMZ studio was huge. You could play racquetball in there. Mm-hmm. You remember that mm-hmm. studio? So I snuck in one side of it, and I came in, and I put my head in that rack, watching her talk on the telephone. <laughs> mm-hmm. And she was not getting off the phone, but she was, like, taking carts and really, you know, kind of talking at the same time mm-hmm. and putting them in. And she reaches over. <laughs> to put a card in, and there's my head. She screamed one of those, um, oh gosh, blood curdling screams that you hear on the, yeah. Yeah, the, the horror pictures. And my knees went weak because I didn't think I would scare her that much. But uh, yeah, Sonny's a good buddy. All, All right. Yeah. Last one Terry Miners. Terry Miners. Terry Miners is, uh, gosh, Terry, I, I remember when he crossed the street because. Um, Trent was doing afternoons, uh, and this was uh, Terry came on uh, when Trent went across the street to do mornings on WCII, and that's when kind of you know Terry came up. So uh, Terry and I passed one another from time to time. I think the last time um, Terry and I talked was at Wayne Perky's funeral, but uh, Terry and I, um, Chip Polston. Uh, invited us down when Vanna White came in with the when he was with uh, the Kentucky Lottery. So, uh, yep, Terry Miners and I go way back. I remember, uh, I just remember what a big change that was. 
it was a big change when HAS changed to hire Gary Burbank. Mm -hmm. They didn't really know what to do with Gary Burbank. And, uh, but Terry came on and it was, uh, you know, HAS needed that change kind of Rome, you know, Mm -hmm. rubbing off, uh, the the old, uh, hierarchy, I guess. So it kind of made them a little more approachable. But back at that time, I, I mean, when I worked at HAS, we played records and so did Perky in the morning and, uh, or played cards on played records was, uh, gosh, Joe Donovan. Yeah, I yep. remember that name. Yep. Oh, Joe Donovan was uh, probably one of the smoothest disc jockeys. Um, they hired him from uh, Big 50,000 Watt Station out of Denver, and he came in to do the all-night show. And that's when the all-night show, trucker shows, the type were popular. And he was so much different because everybody else was doing country, and Joe Donovan was doing the oldies. And he, and I mean, we're talking Joe, uh, Joe, when they moved him in, he had a whole U-Haul full of 45s and records, a whole U-Haul. Wow, goodness gracious. So that was, that was one of his little niches is that, uh, he would take requests. I mean, any request that you possibly had, he wouldn't play it that night. He would go home and look it up in his record collection and then he would come in because HAS and AMZ, we still had, even though we had carts and all of that, we still had turntables in there. And Joe would come in and, you know, he'd queue up his, his songs and That's get them awesome. ready. I, he queued up his first two records an hour before he went on the air. That's Joe was gonna, I That's when I figured out what OCD was. <laughs> but Joe was a good man, too. Well, I know that you and Terry both are legends in the Crusade for Children uh mm-hmm. Work well, that you all do. Now listen, appreciate what you did last year for the crusade. I, I wish I could have done that. It, uh, I, I, I told them last year whatever they needed, mm-hmm. and uh, I said if Bobby Jack needs somebody to carry his uh, microphone around <laughs> for him, I'll do it. Just let me know. And Jim's same way. Jim's a big, you know, uh, fan of the crusade for children. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. So yeah, if they can, ever need any, who help, can't be? Oh, it's great. I mean, we you, love. You're them. talking about a, a just a tradition of. You know, giving to to such an important cause. Very important. I mean, when you're talking about and just the history, and you look back at some of those old videos mm-hmm. uh, of the Crusade for Children, it, it's just it's it's so cool. Thank you for all your years of helping. You know, I, I'm like you. Um, I, I've always said because I I don't particularly care for TV. And I don't know why they keep asking me, uh, but hard. I've always said Whew. it's like you know, as long as they keep asking. I will always do it because I grew up with the crusade. I can remember being, you know, on forest street when the uh, fire trucks are going, the sirens mm-hmm. are going and you knew what they were doing. Yep. And when I went to work at HAS and AMZ, uh, you know, that was uh, the first day you went to work. You, you found out about the crusade. Yep. You did not take off during the crusade. No way. And um, you, you were just indoctrinated in it and you just fell in love with it. And the cool thing about the crusade is we can talk, we don't have to. A lot of times when you hear uh, people raising money and things like that, there's a lot of explanation on what they do. Or mm-hmm. what, you don't have to with the mm-hmm. crusade. Mm-hmm. It's been uh, it's sixty six years, sixty seven, and uh, everybody knows what the crusade is. Everybody's went That's into right. a, um, some place where babies are, and you see the WHS Crusade for Children. Now, when I was on AMZ, it was always just the Crusade for Children because Coyote would not let you say WHS. Really? Yeah. And we couldn't – well, we went a whole year, and it was never 84 degrees. 
Oh my god! Yeah, <laughs> it was like it was either going to be eighty five or eighty three, but no, you. And, and that was the fun days in radio too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. because um, you know we were very uh, like you were talking about uh, Alabama mm-hmm. wanting to you know sign, they're not going to sign an up no because they were paying big bucks to do this particular uh, brand. <laughs> yeah, they're not going to be seen. No, uh, you know, absolutely because well, they're going to lose a lot of money. Never knew, never ever knew that Alabama was associated with a certain um, uh, underwear. Yeah, they I were never for knew a, that. Quite a while, and obviously Jeremy's not smart enough to look that up and get the right underwear <laughs> to take to the concert. Obviously, I want to talk some more with Bobby Jack. We'll come back. We'll kind of who knows what we'll talk about. I want to know. I want to know a little bit about Coyote because he was one of those guys. I mean, he was one of those guys. I wanted to be like too. So curious to know maybe a coyote story or, or two. Hey, uh, speaking of stories, those guys that crossed the line 1524, we're we'll going to get them when we get, get back them, to man. They're in trouble. Alright, stick around. We'll be right back. Exciting news for Two Shots on a Barrel. We have a brand new sponsor. Hey, this is Jim Bowl for Two Shots. Good Buddies Brewing Company, our newest sponsor i gotta tell you they have it going on located in the heart of the bourbon country right here at 120 west martin luther king avenue in lebanon kentucky all kinds of great craft pours including many concoctions put together by master crafter ray osborne he's also assisted by his beautiful bride beth osborne they are the newest and brightest and micro craft breweries in good old Kentucky. Make sure you go out to their Facebook page. You can easily find it at Good Buddies Brewing Company. And don't forget, when you're in town on the Bourbon Trail, to stop by Good Buddies Brewing Company. Again, located at 120 West Martin Luther King Avenue, Lebanon, Kentucky. Good Buddies Brewing Company. We're happy to have you as a sponsor right here on Two Shots on a Barrel. Lisa Kearns doesn't want to just sell you a house. She wants to find you a home. If you've been thinking about making a move, she'd love to help. She knows you've got many choices when choosing a real estate agent, but not all agents are the same. Her clients are the heart of her business, and she takes pride in providing exceptional service, knowledge, and transparency while helping you navigate the real estate market. With her by your side, every step of the way, she can assist you in real estate needs that make buying and selling a smooth, enjoyable process. Call Lisa Kern, Realtor, with Exit Realty Homestead, 270-402-4036. Are you looking for a clean, fun podcast that you can relate to? Well, we've got it for you. Cross the line. The 1524 originates out of Indiana. Former high school rivals. Now our buddies sitting around a speakeasy bar talking about common day events, common things. We keep it light. They keep it easy. It's a good time. Check out Cross the Line 1524. You can find it on all the podcast apps and players. You can also check them out at CrossTheLine1524.com or check them out on Facebook, Cross the Line 1524.
back to Two Shots. Don't forget about that uh, big first anniversary for Good Buddies Brewing Company, February 24th. Ribbon cutting. If you want to, if you want to get your picture taken, J Bo, and be in the ribbon cutting, you need to be there at eleven forty-five. I think I can be there. Otherwise, if you're just there for the uh, giveaways, twelve right. o'clock's okay. They're going to give away the commemorative uh, Good Buddies uh, first anniversary glasses. They have one hundred of them, so you have to. I tried to do that when they did their grand opening <laughs> we didn't to make it, and yeah. that they went like hotcakes. So, but I, unfortunately, I had a good buddy that said, "Here, <laughs> I'll give you one." My question to you is: You're there so often. Do they have your name Easy. written on the bar? I know. I'm just saying. You like Easy. the place? It's a great place to be. Well, listen, I, I'm 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 kind of attached to the pizza. Yeah, you are. To, to be honest with you, Mallard's. If Bobby Jack, if you've not had Mallard's wood-fired pizzas, you do not know what you're missing. Right. And every other Thursday at Good Buddies, I mean, there's plenty of times where I've just got to, you know, I've got to go home. Sharon's got something going on, and you need to come home. And I'll stop by there and grab one of them pizzas. They're they're, I think they cook those things at like a thousand degrees or something. But it's like five minutes, and it's. Oh my God, Bobby Jack! It's it's some of the best pizza you've ever put your. And what's mouth cool in. about it is the uh, people working there are just as kind and they're polite. good people yeah, too. Good yeah, people. yeah. My, Mallard's uh, firewood. Yeah, it's good stuff. It, it, but anyways, you got to check that out for sure, Bobby Jack. You got a deal. It's on my bucket. List. Something totally opposite from kind and nice people is the our buddies in uh, Indiana with that fifteen twenty four podcast, the Common Man podcast. Woo! What is wrong with those boys today? First of all, they do not know Southern hospitality <laughs> because they are Hoosiers. You need to talk a little faster, <laughs> evidently. Yeah, and how could they? How could they talk about uh, the way that we speak and it being slow? Yeah, come on, guys. We are from Kentucky. Look, if you, if you don't know who they are, it's Larry Curley, Moe, Laverna Shirley, and Magic Mike on that show. Give him a listen. And, and this whole Magic Mike guy, I mean, is what what does he do? Does he like... I think he dances while they talk. I mean, is that is he like the entertainment for the uh, Cross the Line I guys? Know. Every once in a while, he'll grunt and groan in the background and, and say something, but and then this, Magic Mike? And then this whole 1524, it's like the Hunger Games or something. <laughs> it's like they're from District 15 I and guess, District man. 20. I mean, what is that? And then they start talking about how Hoosier basketball is... So much better than Kentucky They basketball. do not need to talk about Hoosiers basketball. What in the world's a Hoosier anyway? <laughs> the only thing that came out of uh, Indiana in the way of uh, Hoosiers is a classic movie, Hoosiers. Hoosiers. And why do they wear red and white striped pants? Uh, the, are they candy canes? Yeah, it's like Christmas I don't every day it, of the year up there. They're good guys. Listen to their podcast and then uh, send them... Uh, a bunch of bad reviews or something. Tell them you love us better than them. <laughs> yeah, That's yeah. I tell think. them. Yeah. Tell them all yeah, about I it. I love it. I love Lo- it. <laughs> Mo, Larry, and Curly. Yeah, it's, that, their official names is Larry, Curly, Mo, Laverne, and Shirley, and Magic Mike. <laughs> <laughs> that is their name. There's some good guys though. They just get around and 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 banter and and talk about how I guess slowly we talk. Well, they talk about weird stinky stuff here they were talking about farts on their last i mean (laughs) really bobby jack they talked about somebody that had to go really bad on the airplane and the airplane had to turn around to come back because it was all over the floor so i'm like (laughs) come on there has to be better things to talk about Uh, some things you try to avoid i know it was a real stinky situation over there at uh, 1524 (laughs) but uh we we do like those guys in fact they're going to be coming to town in april 
So uh, we got, <laughs> are they going to be visiting? Yeah, yeah. Yes, they're they're, yes. they're going to be visiting. Yes. Yeah, Definitely. yeah, for sure. Definitely. Uh, so I, I I got to know and love Bobby Jack Murphy, the WAMZ Bobby Jack Murphy. That that's that's when I got to know Bobby Jack. That's when I got to know Coyote Calhoun. I think I, you know, I, I maybe one one session I was Coyote, and the next one I was Bobby Jack, and and if I was uh, pretending to do play by play of a basketball game, I was Kaywood. But Coyote, uh, I mean, listen, Coyote is a legend in his own right. Hall of Fame. You spent a lot of time with though Coyote. Coyote and I worked together for. Excuse me. Let me get a drink of water. Which is probably because I'm choking up about Coyote. Uh, <laughs> um, I guess close to 30 years. And, I mean, Coyote did give me the break. Your name? Uh, gave me my name. That's right. I had a choice. He, um, I had done the all-night show uh, the night before on WHAS and uh, had gotten off at, like, 5 o'clock in the morning, did some production, came home, was sleeping. And Coyote called. <coughs> kind of woke me up. He's like, hey, you know, this is when AMC was going to go live. My voice was going, boils got <laughs> But that's when the switch happened, when they really started uh, to focus on AMC. And, um, see, Carl Shannon... Went to middays. I hired Dickie Braun, who was oh, I incredible. Dickie, uh, man, I loved him. Um, Coyote doing afternoons, and then they hired me to do nights. And Coyote was like, um, you know, what do you think about changing your air name? Like, so what were you before <coughs> you were Bobby Jack? Rob Lynch. Okay. so That's a good name. That's what, yeah. what I grew yeah. up with. <laughs> yeah. I was kind of used to that one. <laughs> and had been Rob Lynch on an AMZ. Okay. But uh, Coyote was like, well, <coughs> I said, well, I've already. He goes, no, no, no. He said, what do you think about Billy Clyde Bucket? <laughs> I'm like, come on, uh, come okay. on. <laughs> Billy Clyde. That doesn't roll said, off well, the tongue. well, I don't know. And he said, what about Bobby Jack Murphy? I'm like, well, okay. Um, I said, let me think about it. And I said, I, and as a time, I said, I'm going to be coming in. <clears throat> tonight to run a U of L game on AMZ, which did not make Coyote happy that we had to carry that, but that's another story. <laughs> <clears throat> but I would have to come in early to run those ball games because at that time, even though AMZ was set up in the studio, the commercials were still being played on the uh, decks upstairs in the TV area. So I would have to come in and pull all the commercials out of that and play them live on the air from there and then have to put them up afterwards. And uh, I said, well, we'll talk about it when, you know, we come in. He was, you know, Coyote was all excited because AMC was finally going to go live. Right. And uh, so <laughs> I come down, I pull all the cards, and, you know, he's talking to me about what we're going to do, and he's going to tell me, oh, we're going to do, uh, you know, you're going to do the top ten at ten, and da 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 and you're still going to do Dickie's music, and blah, blah, you know. I was like, okay. So we're, listen, we never got around to the talking about, you know, what are we going to do name-wise. But, I mean, he knew I was coming up, and I didn't think it was going to be anything changing automatically. But it was, uh, I took over, I think I worked 
the game started at 7.30, so I was going to be on from like 6 to 7.30. And he was just like, um, okay, that's it for me, Coyote. Bobby Jack Murphy's next. <laughs> <laughs> well, end the discussion. There it is. So I wrote it down on a piece of paper, <laughs> put it there on the board, and uh, like I said, I, I appreciate it. I don't know if, you know if that was what I picked, but I, I think Coyote told me that uh, the real Bobby Jack, um, I think, was – like the town drunk in Muskogee, <laughs> Oklahoma, I think was in jail most of the time or whatever. It's just somebody that he, uh, you know, liked when he was a kid. And that's where he came up with names. Because, I mean, we had Night Train Lane, who was a football player, and Dusty Rhodes was Kale. And he was always naming somebody. Right. And because uh, he didn't have any kids that, you know, he's going to claim. And, uh, <laughs> but, you know, and it was just like, okay, this, and, and I, I remember somebody, my son and I were talking about that not too long ago. I remember um, coming back to Campbellsville to be a part of John Tory's wedding. I was a part of his wedding party, and it had been two or three years. And I had never really thought about it. And uh, But somebody came up to me, and I entered. Somebody said, you know, I'm so-and-so, and I'm like, I'm Bobby Jack Merkin. I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> Whoa, I've never said that before, you know. But, uh, yeah, Coyote uh, – you know, hands down, best program director that um, I ever worked for. Coyote was incredible. Uh, he learned from the best, and he would tell you that, and that was Johnny Randolph. And praise God, I got to work with two of the best program directors in the world. I mean, uh, I can think of Joe Ladd and, uh, you know, Chris Michaels and some of those people that are just, you know, wow, out there. But uh, Coyote knew what to do, and – he took that station, uh, the the station that AMZ was patterned after was uh, Kick FM in Houston. Joe Ladd, that station was just doing gangbusters when the Urban Cowboy and all came mm-hmm. out. And Joe Ladd's actually mentioned that I think walks on stage to introduce Charlie Daniels or something in Gillies. But it was the top 40 approach. It had never been done before. Somebody was like, duh. It was a top 40 approach, the old AM top 40 approach to FM. And we were just playing country music. We were talking over intros. We were playing a lot of music. Uh, we didn't talk a lot. You know, Coyote was always, I mean, we spent hours going over to air checks, you know, when we get off the air. You know, how can you say what you did in fewer words? Mm-hmm. You know, less is more type situation. And, you know, gosh, you know, it, Things that I carried on forever. So, I mean, um, you know, he taught us all. And uh, he picked that up from Johnny Randolph. He was the same thing. You had freedom, but uh, same thing that Johnny Randolph did. You you get people who are talented in different ways, totally different things, but you want to let them be who they are. But some way or another, you got to be able to get them all, you know, like they're all horses pulling the stagecoach in the same direction. So, and he was able to do that. And... You know, Coyote told, you know, Coyote made me famous by, you know, telling jokes about me in the afternoon to Ralph Dix. So, mm-hmm. you know, and then, you know, Coyote and I had different, uh, when Dickie retired and he came to me, he was like, you know, you want to do the morning thing. And he was always like, yeah, I want you to do this and I want you to do that. And uh, we finally just uh, came to the things like, okay, you know, brother, love you to death. And, 
you are Coyote. You are a star. And his his thing, was, and he did. Coyote, I mean, there's not a country music star from that era right. that doesn't know who Coyote is. AMZ was very important to country music and the record companies during mm-hmm. that time. And, um, you know, everybody knew who he was because they knew that if he was playing your song and you – so Coyote was – into the star end of it. You know, he wore the cool, yep. you know, nudie suits and all this other stuff. And, you know, he and I just, we, we talked about it one day. We I, were somewhere out in St. Matthews, and I said, you know, this is you, and I love it, you know, and I learned from you. Uh, if Coyote needed something, you know, he could call me today, and I'd be there for him. But um, I was like, this is what you do. This is what I do. Mm-hmm. I'm comfortable, uh, you know. At that time, I think I was living out in uh, Highview. I said, I'm the kind of person, and I said, I like it, that people will come by. If I'm out mowing the yard, they'll come by and hand me a flyer saying, you know, my chili cook's off here or, yep. or whatever it is. You know, that's you, that's me. And uh, it ended up working. And, you know, both that we were we were different. And when we went to, you know, he would take me to Nashville and introduce me to people. And um, it, it was just a great opportunity. I uh, it's amazing. Uh, I say that in a way that I, I shouldn't. I am so lucky to be able to get, get to do some of the things that I've got to do. And, uh, you know, he was a part of that. And, um, you know, if he hadn't came down the hall, I mean, he could have hired Doug McKelvin. But uh, Doug didn't like, you know, country music. But, uh, you know, uh, you know, Cody's like, here you go. So I started doing, like, Dickie's music, and I got into the music, so I was the one that carded it and, uh, all of that, and you know, and and I was like you, I emulated Coyote because I know there was a, uh, you know, I wanted to be like him. I remember one time we both, there was a guy in Shelbyville, Kentucky, Kenny Bellman had a um, Western store there, and he made tailor made Western shirts. They were cool, or at least they were then. And uh, you know, they were like white and they were monogrammed. Uh, or they weren't white, they were different colors, but they had white collars and cuffs. And I remember one time, so I went down and I couldn't afford as many as Coyote, but uh, I had a few. And I remember one time I came to work in a blue, one of those shirts with the white collars, and Coyote comes in. And he goes, oh, man, we got the same shirt on. And, I was like, <laughs> and I'm like, uh, yeah. he goes, right, here's what we're going to do. He goes, I'm going to go put my jacket back on. And he goes, when you get off the air at 2 o'clock, you go home. <laughs> I was like, okay. Because right. he didn't want, you know, so I don't want people, you know. And, and I did, I, you know, from the boots and everything else. And uh, the only thing that changed me was, you know, I, you know, Coyote was always cool. And he would get things. But Coyote, you know, I followed his lead. He would, you know, never ask for autographs or anything like right. that. And I'm like, well, that's cool. You, know, I'm, you don't do that. And then I got to spend some time with Keith Whitley before he passed away. Right. He was playing LeBeau's. And Keith says, you know, come on out to the band. I want you to hear my songs uh, on this new album, Don't Close Your Eyes. We went out and I listened to that. And it was great. I mean, I'm sitting here with Keith Whitley. Mm -hmm. And a few months later, he passes away. And I am, you know, helping make phone calls because we had him – set to do one of the free concerts in the park and we had to find somebody replacing because of his death. And then I realized I was like, you know what? I would have really loved to have had an autograph. So after that, you know, uh, 
all the artists they didn't ever seem to mind you know they don't like care no and, and they and they loved it and uh I mean, that's what crs is all about i mean mm-hmm. they're signing autographs all day yeah uh but you know, it, it at the same time, though, the, if you're trying to play the radio thing, right, you know, you're yeah. trying to be a little more cool than everybody true, else. True, true, so yeah. I went to a um, morning show boot camp one time, and uh, down was, in New Orleans, New Orleans. Okay, mm-hmm. um, we met Larry the Cable Guy there. As a matter cool. of fact, when he was just Danny, and he was not Larry the Cable Guy, but I remember being in a. <laughs> A, one of these things uh, where they've got a conference going on and you've got all these, you know, big guys uh, in radio that you're supposed to learn from. And, and I did, you know, I'm, I'm taking notes and trying to pay and <clears throat> pay attention. And um, there was some guy, um, I want to say maybe man cow out of Chicago at yep. that time. And he was, there was a young kid who was impressed with him, and I mean, I was too, and who Mancow was. And he said, uh, you know, I hear you all saying, be personal, talk about your families, and kind of be a part of that. And it's like, this is all good advice. And this one young kid from <clears throat> some small market said something to the uh, uh, effect, is like, well, well, what happens? He goes, you know, my, my program director won't let me talk about my girlfriend because we're not married. Mm. And, uh, you know, and Mancow kind of looked at him and was like, well, you go back and you tell him, blah, 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 And it, it bothered me. And I, you know, I kind of sat there for a while and I was like, keep, keep your Marion County attitude to yourself. <laughs> and I finally said, I said, I'm sorry. I said, and I addressed him and I said, uh, I see where you're frustrated. <clears throat> and I said, I, you know, I hear what he told you. But I said, what if you went and just asked him? I said, just refer to her not as your girlfriend or your wife, just by her first name. You don't have to say she's married or not or whatever the case may be. And, and uh, he was like, well, who are you? You know, from the thing. And I was like, okay, I guess I'm going to have to tell him. And uh, I was like, uh, Bobby Jack, WNZ, Louisville. Here you go. Oh yeah, I've heard, I've heard about you and your little soccer mom morning show. Oh, <laughs> oh I was like, gosh. I said, well, you know, I'm glad you heard of me. But he goes, well, you know, why are you giving him advice? I said, well, you know, I said, sir, you're sitting up here making I don't know how much money, and you're on big stations, and you're being syndicated and whatever. But I said, most of us out here. We're working for somebody, and we got a job. Mm-hmm. We're not going to be it. We don't. We don't carry the clout that you do. And I said, you're going to tell this guy to go back and pretty much call his program director and general manager an idiot. I don't want to see him lose his job. And you know, I actually. <laughs> Uh, it sounds like I'm, I'm bragging, but I actually got applause from the other people nice. in the room, and I was like, okay. And 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 he just kind of like you know. Brushed you off. It kind of brushed it off. Mm-hmm. And that was okay. I mean, it was just like different attitude. I, I'm, you know, we're all out here just trying to have a good time. So, Good stuff, Bobby Jack. So I know um, you, when you wrapped up things in, in, with WAMZ, um, you found a new home at some point mm-hmm. in, in, in E-Town. Yep. You fell in love with E-Town, didn't you? I did because E-Town – well, E-Town had – 
had fallen in love with me because we were talking about the Crusade for mm-hmm. Children. Mm-hmm. Because I moved from the Crusade for Children rather than go down and do the old thing in the uh, TV studios and all of that. Uh, they came to me and they said, would you, it was, it's a longer day, but they said, would you do, a, when they started doing the remotes, they said, because I can remember walking in Monday morning on Crusade and sometimes they were still on the air wrapping things up. You know, the, the Redmen from Indiana were still, you know, dancing and yep. doing their thing as they were getting the deal. And they started doing the remote things. And they said, uh, would you um, would you do a remote for us? And I was like, oh, yeah. You know, I said, where am I going to be? And they're going, Bargetown, any town. And I'm like, yeah, because it's they're close. my people. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. it's closer. But I, I didn't, I didn't want to be in the in the TV studio <laughs> out here. Yeah. I'm, I'm fine. I do what they tell me. Uh, you know, the cameraman and all that. It's just like, you know, y'all tell me what to do because I, I'm just a disc jockey. Right. You know, I, I don't know how to look at the camera and talk, you know, I can do the three, two, one count or whatever, but, and, um, that's where I was happiest and that's why I've continued to do it. But, uh, E town, uh, my goodness, it just, it was where Debbie and I thought we were going to be. You know, mm-hmm. because uh, when they hired me there, uh, they wanted me to come, become a part of the community. I learned a lot, even more so. I wish I'd have uh, become more of a part of the Louisville community than I did. But, again, you're building a career. You're starting a family and all of that, so you don't have that. But uh, I just got so many uh, dear friends that I miss there. It's not that I think that much more, what, but it was where we were building to be. You know, our church followed us there it seemed like and you know you knew the mayor i was on the state uh, theater board and I, I just had a good time there and um i i really do i i miss some of the people you know from the police force to uh people on fire departments and things like that so but yeah e-town uh, will always hold a special part and cecilia because cecilia just outside of e-town i um was the mayor there <clears throat> for two terms Really? Yeah. Uh, again, it, you you pay for it, and so <laughs> and the only reason I got two terms was that uh, uh, one year I was doing okay, and then COVID came in, and they didn't elect anybody else, so I actually got two terms out of being the honorary yeah. mayor. That's so, cool. Yeah. Nice. So, which basically uh, my only uh, deal was that uh, I I got to light up the caboose on <laughs> on when when thanksgiving or the day after thanksgiving so that was my official duty even though i did tell them that i was responsible for the uh wendy's just on the outskirts of cecilia that's why it came to town there's an old radio guy in e-town uh greg milby mm-hmm. you know old greg i sure do good dude he was in my wedding really yes sir yeah, yeah. well greg and i apologize because i think I, I didn't mean to because uh you know Gr- greg was part of you know, some of the interns and stuff that was going on and uh, the old part-timers, the part-timers show and all of that. So I I knew Greg but didn't know Greg. And then when I went to E-Town, he goes, do you remember? And I was like, yeah, kind of do, you know. But, you know, I, there was so much, I don't tell you, that there's so much work that goes into a morning radio show that you don't really have time to pay attention no, to much what's going on because you're you're right you're you're trying to come up with topics and you're trying to be on top of things and sound like you know what you're doing and the things that you don't talk about you know i mean i was one of those who would you know tape tape a sports cast 
on my 11 o'clock news and watch it the next morning and because never was a big sports guy. So what do mm-hmm. you do? Yeah, you pick it up from there. You steal, which it's not stealing. It's called uh, doing research, right? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. You know, it's you, you supposedly retired, but you didn't retire. I mean, because now you mentioned uh, Sonny and doing a spot at, at her station. Mm-hmm. You also do some uh, do a show with the big dog. Yeah, midday oh, over, oh, over in Camelsville. So and then uh, let's see afternoons at the Abe in Hodgenville. Of course, Kale worked for us. Okay, and um, yeah, they're friends. They asked me. Uh, so do you do it from home or do you go there? Uh, Campbellsville, I go and do, and then I, I, you know I go over and do it every once in a while, and um, I I possibly may do that in the future, but um, I'm still kind of I've got <laughs> some equipment, but I just haven't had. Me technically don't know how to. I'll send Jim over. Jim over. (laughs) And uh, you know that's something I I may look at in the next year. But uh, I go up to see Sunny because she's a friend. It's a visit. Yes. And uh, same thing with Kale because I go down and visit with Kale. He'll take me over to Lay Hayes and I get chili dogs. (laughs) So I, you know, I I work for free. And then with you know the big dog was just fun. Uh, You know he he offered that opportunity. Uh, It's not, and I don't mean this to sound. I don't have to tell you guys. Radio has changed. Yes. Um, and it's not the kind of radio that you want to do, but it's just the way things are. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you, know, you, you know, you record five days in three hours. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I miss, and radio pretty much, uh, I think corporate radio kind of destroyed that. when Because when we were growing up, radio was important to, uh, what was going on in the weather, where the school is going to get started. And, of course, the biggest uh, competition for radio are your cell phones because all the information that we've been giving them for years is right, right there at the palm of their hand. Mm-hmm. And when you start cutting back and voice tracking and people don't call radio stations like they, they used to because there were people there to talk to and they could request songs right. and you gave them information. And I miss that. You know, it, it was important to, uh, to do that. I still remember the... Um, when I first started doing mornings after Dickie retired, when we had that big snowstorm that came mm-hmm. in, and it was, you know, 22 below zero and 16 mm-hmm. inches of snow. You felt like you were doing something important. You yep. know, you were giving out information. I didn't have anything to do. I just started a, my first endorsement deal, and I had a brand-new Ford Explorer 4 by 4 Got off the air one day. On that first Monday, it's like, well, what am I going to do? Because I'm staying in a hotel downtown. What am I going to do all day long? Because, well, I just went down to Bullock County, and we delivered food and things like that. And then station went off the air and, you know, just give give a country boy a four-wheel drive and tell him he's going to have to go up to the top of Brooks Hill and turn the radio nice. station back in. Come on. Come we'll on. make it. Let's get an idea, you know. <laughs> and the next day we went back again because it was so cold that uh, the generators – those big generators that kept AMZ on the air, uh, it was so cold that they wouldn't start. So mm-hmm. I took uh, Charlie Strickland back up to the top, and he started them, and we were still on the air. That's so. the best endorsement deal you've ever had. Right there. <laughs> there ain't no doubt That's about awesome. it. That's awesome. I, st- I stop in and see Mr. Uh, Hodge up there in Corden, Indiana from that time to time. Fantastic. Bobby Jack, man, thank you so much for coming to see us. Oh, I appreciate you inviting me. I, yeah. It's, it's cool to talk about what we love. 
Yeah. You're right, man. And there's so many other things we could talk about, like how uh, Cowdy had that TV show for a long time. Oh, I did that a few times. And to guess who took over when he, that finished up? Who was, that, was that was, you? That was me. Right. That was me. So we did. Yeah, that was some big shoes to fill, and I was quite nervous. But uh, you know, that, it was cool times. It was mm. cool times. And uh, Jim, I wish you could have been a part of the Cool Guys Radio Tour. <laughs> That's okay. Uh, that's Man, all right. But, you know, you're you're still I, doing I, big things. I maybe could have been there if if JT would have listened to my demo tape. <laughs> but you know, it, it it didn't happen. On a, on a personal note, Bobby Jack, I got to tell you, man, I loved your mom and dad. Oh, thank because you, you know well, they uh, loved you. Oh. I used to, you know, when my mom was sick. I'm interrupting you now. I apologize. No. But uh, you know, when mom was sick there at the beginning, and I would come down on um saturday night and stay over because uh dad really didn't like giving her some of the medications mm-hmm. and things like that and i'd do then stay the night and we'd get up and listen you know to mm-hmm. you on sunday mornings and dad really enjoyed that and mm-hmm. um you know a, a lot of hardy's breakfast and stuff yes like that, but yeah yeah i'd see your mom and dad of course at the ball games uh whether it be you know, some of uh, Emily was playing or uh, Eddie and Tanya's kids, but your mom would always big smile, give me a hug, and just the sweetest thing in the world. And, of course, your dad, uh, just a great guy. So, yeah, man, you come from good stock, brother. Well, um, mom was probably one of my, uh, I, I guess, she got me out there. Like it was, <laughs> I say it now, it's kind of like embarrassing, but I would like go into places like, you know, J.C. Penney or something like that, and somebody would, like, recognize you or somebody, and they're like, oh, yeah, you're going to go, I met your mom. I'm like, how did it? Because that was one of mom's things, just like, you listen to the radio? Yeah. Yeah. Bob Jack Merck, that's Uh, my son. That's my boy. (laughs) Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's just like, uh, you know, now that she's gone, you kind of miss that. Yes. Oh, yes. I want to give you a little tip about the Sunday morning harvest, the best time to listen to it. Okay. All right, is when Jim's not there. (laughs) (laughs) That's when he has a feeling. It's the best shows ever. You have to give him a listen. Yeah. Although I did have one guest host one time that that nearly got my show canceled. Yes, you got to be careful on who you pick. And it wasn't me. Yeah, it was not you, Mm. but it was close to you. Oh, my goodness. It was close to you. Bobby Jack, brother, I cannot thank you enough, man. Well, I this... appreciate you inviting me, and I'm sorry I haven't been able to get down here uh, before because we've talked about it, and I've, I've uh, you know, talked to Jeremy's wife, and it's like mm-hmm. we're going to have to get together and do this. But, uh, you know, it, it's funny how you make those plans, but you all are in the same boats together that when you have kids and they're oh, involved. Yeah. No, it's crazy. you got two people working. Yeah. Um, you don't get to spend the time that you would like with other people. And, yeah. uh, and, and that was one of the reasons that I did like retire. Cause I was like, you know, radio been very, very good to me, but it took up a whole a lot, lot of time, lot of time mm-hmm. and a whole lot of family time. And, uh, I, I decided that I wasn't going to do, I mean, I was lucky enough that my kids got to do things that we would have never been able to afford to do with five kids, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, take them to the Bahamas or take them to Las Vegas because, you know, yeah, we were paid to go out there, mm-hmm. and you could take them along. So you know they were happy in that. They grew up at Louisville Motor Speedway. Yes, because mm-hmm. I could feed them out there because I had like a gold pass, and they could go up and eat. <laughs> so uh, you know, and they got to go to yeah. you know parks and things like that for free, and uh, it was good. But at the same time, you know, I left my wife with those kids many, many times, <laughs> and I wish I had that time back. Oh yeah, yeah. 
Well, you know, fortunately for us, your family shared you with with all of us, and generations got to be a part of that, and so it's cool. It's cool. We appreciate them. Two of us are mega fans forever. Yeah, you're a legend, man. I don't have to tell you. I mean, your mama don't have to tell me how good you was because I already knew it. I listened to you, and I wanted to be like you, so there you go. Awesome. Well, Bobby Jack, uh, so great to have you, man, Jay Bob. I'll I, I tell you what, if we don't have another guest, I'm fine. I'm, I'm the same way. <laughs> I'm I mean, so happy. I'm, I'm, I just you am. Bobby so Jack happy. Murphy. All right, so uh, plenty more coming coming to Two Shot Studio. Uh, we got all kinds of guests we're going to get to, and if we can't get a guest in here because we get some blizzard or something. Something's happening tonight. <laughs> Look, yeah. get on our Facebook page, Two Shots on a Barrel fan page. And uh, I promise you, if we get over four inches of snow tonight, there's going to be a good video on there. Go ahead and give us a I review, promise. share it, all those good things. Adios. Until next time, I'm Jimbo. I'm Jaybo.